Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The volume. Hey, you. Listen up. The NFL season is rolling right along, and DraftKings, as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is bringing you all the action and all the best deals. Look me in the eye. If you somehow have not signed up for DraftKings yet, well, I got a great deal for you. Download the app, use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, and when you bet $5 on any NFL game, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly what you can then go play with but t-bob i love snaps i love you and i've already signed up well guess what DraftKings is taking care of all their customers throughout spooky season as you get game day sweeteners the entire month of october so whether you're new whether you've been around here for a while DraftKings is the most fun place to play it's taking care of you again if you're signing up for the first time promo code t-bob $5 NFL bet nets you $200 in bonus bets instantly. So let's have some fun watching the games this spooky season. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 or older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to another Sunday edition of Snaps. As you can see, I'm back in the Millennium Falcon, which means it's early, it's Sunday, and we're here to talk some college football. Aaron Murray, T-Bob Bear. Aaron, what's up, dog? How you doing today? 
Man, doing great. Another awesome Saturday of college football. A lot to break down. Uh, playoff picture gotten a little bit clearer, so excited to jump into some of these games with you. So are the big one. For the first time all year, we are finally watching Big Ten football. Well, actually, hold on. Before we get into the game itself, I do want to start with kind of a general thought that will be a theme throughout the show. Yesterday was a classic college football day where mm-hmm. – Survive in advance, okay? Yes. It's college football. You have students, uh, young men, right? And and that comes with volatility. That comes with unexpected poor performances, unexpected great performances. And as you're going to see, it's going to be littered throughout the show. But let's be clear about this in front. That's how you separate champions, okay? Yep. Who survives those games where you get into a dogfight with somebody that you should beat the hell out of, but all of a sudden you find yourself in a fight. Who survives? That's who maybe ends up winning conference championships, goes to playoffs, and maybe even national and, championships. And, and I'll say this to you, but like the, we don't have, we don't know if we don't have an elite team. I think there's if there if there's going to be an elite team this year, like the Georgias or an LSU or an Alabama, like of years past, where like you clearly knew like that was a national yeah. championship team, like that was a team that was most likely going to win it, and and, and they just kind of rolled through their schedule. That would be Michigan. But we still don't True. know a hundred percent yet because they haven't faced someone up to their caliber of, of, of athlete to this point in the season. But you kind of have the feeling deep downside, like we kind of know that Michigan is the most dominant team right now in college football, the way they've been able to handle their business through the first, you know, over over half the season at this point right now. Everyone else is in that mode, though, like Florida State, Georgia, Alabama, Washington, even Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's it's it is all at this point survive in advance. Because it's it's the parody of this year. It's it's, it's exciting as a fan, but we're not we're just not seeing a team right now. There's not an elite team in college football besides possibly Michigan. Yeah, like you said, possibly Michigan. And after Ohio State, Penn State, probably feeling a little better about Michigan. So let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, so for the first time this year, <clears throat> the Big Ten gets to get mentioned on the Sunday recap show because it played a game worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State, Penn State in the shoe, beautiful environment. Ohio State fans are going crazy. Uh, a a defensive battle, and I want to be clear about this. I, I I was I was getting a lot of text during the game. These teams are so bad, blah blah. And I'm like, I disagree. These teams are not bad. Mm-mm. The thing is, the defenses are elite, and the quarterbacks are not. And that's a recipe for football that maybe feels bad, but isn't when you actually look at it, right? Like, yeah, was there a lot of offensive success in this game? No, but I was, I mean, look, as someone who's had to suffer through this LSU defense this year, I was blown away by how tight the man coverage was, uh, Mm. the skill of the pass rush, the speed of linebackers when filling the hole or closing gaps. Like, let's be clear. These defenses are awesome and they should be celebrated. That said, Aaron, at the end of the day, it is so unreal obvious at what the difference in this game was, and it was Marvin Harrison Jr. It's yep. having that elite weapon. Because like we said, if you're going against elite defense and you do not have an elite quarterback, you are not going to be able to overcome if you don't have a receiver that can separate. Penn State mm-hmm. did not. Aller had nowhere to go with the ball all night long, whereas Kyle McCord, even when he missed some wide-open throws as well, right? Because, again, yep. not elite quarterback. But – Marvin Harrison Jr., whether it was drawing big penalties or making the actual catch, he clearly, like just so clearly, yep. proves the value of wide receiver in modern football, which you can speak to, and he wins in this game. 
Well, and that was my big concern heading into the game was was how was Penn State going to move the football? Because the rushing numbers we discussed a little bit last week were a lot. Like they've been able to get some 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 good. Explain yardage. that because I didn't I didn't fully understand that. But you've been on this for a while with Penn State. You watch the game, and it's just a matter of it's same thing. It goes to the scheduling. It hasn't been super efficient. It hasn't been sexy. It hasn't been like they were just popping off seven, eight, nine yards of a, a clip running the football. It's been difficult. But they've just been relied on it, and they run the ball so much, and they kind of get up on teams, and they just keep running it and running and running. They were going to get a lot of rushing yards because of that. This was an offense that had been protecting Aller for, for the entire season, and, and they were good enough just to run it and get by. So if you're winning football games just running, like you're going to rush for 170 to, to 220, whatever it was they're rushing, uh, averaging this season. But does it mean that it was a, a a rushing attack that would dominate on the road against an Ohio State? So does it mean it's going to be a rushing attack that's going to be able to move the ball against Michigan? It was just a factor of we were better than them, and that's all we did, so the numbers were going to look good. That got exposed. And the fact that they don't have any elite receiver, like you alluded to, T-Bob, really showed its head. Yeah. They don't trust those guys. It was run, 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 getting to a third and long situation, and and hope someone can win man on man coverage. Hope that that Aller could could uh, or Aller, excuse me, could could be efficient throwing the football. He, I, I don't want to get into the discussion too much of is he is he better than Sean Clipper Clifford? Was it a mistake for Penn State fans to think that this guy was going to to elevate this team to to championship heights? Is it his fault? Not like that's a whole nother episode. He's not getting support. That's that's where I'll just kind of yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like he's not not, getting the support. Like I don't know if he's better or not. I really don't. He may not some sort of condemnation of Aller. Now, now clearly, at this point in his career, I do think it's a step back from Clifford. But again, um, that was a like. Show me the quarterback that would have had success yesterday, right? Because the only guys that I feel good about are the elite ones. But like even even uh, like you saw Michael Penix Jr. and that Washington offense show yesterday, and they have elite receivers, and they couldn't get anything going, right? So like like Aaron, you you can speak to this. To my fat man lineman eyes, it just didn't look like anything was open. Not, they've been open all it was, year. It was it's been, it's been like all year coverage the entire time. Like just nobody, no, nowhere it, to throw the ball. And give credit to Ohio State. Like this is a good defense. It's a really good defense. This is a defensive football team this year. Plain and simple. Like that's that's just who they are. That's their identity. And then you got Marvin Harrison Jr. as uh, as your receiver on the other end. So like give them credit for stepping up at home and playing really well. But you watch Penn State. Go back and watch every single game this season. There is a lack of explosiveness from from the. Aaron's been position. telling us. Aaron's been saying they this. don't have call it. them. A, they just don't remember, have it. They led the Big Ten in scoring coming into this game. Some like 43, 45 points a game. They're actually ahead of Ohio State. You called them false, and uh, they proved to be so. Uh, as as they're as a ten two football as, team. They're, they're yeah. still they're 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 tier below. And this was this was a year they were hoping that they would come to the dinner table with the big boys, get away from the kids' table, and it's it's not so. This team, and, and they have not recruited. They try to go the Michigan route of trying to get physical and, and play great defense and be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. They're the poor man's version of Michigan. They're not as dominant up front as Michigan is. 
they're not running the ball extremely well, and then you lack the playmakers on the outside, you're not going to win these type of ball games. And then Ohio State has made an effort these past two years to try and re-identify who they are and what they do. Yeah, They've done that. They are more physical at the line of scrimmage. Offensive line still trying to get going the run game. But at least on defense, like they are, this, this is a team that that understands that we have to play better defensively. Their second year coordinator is doing a hell of a job right now. Guys have bought in. They're able to get for the quarterback. They're able to play tight man to man coverage, and you can still at times win with some offensive playmakers. Well, and let's talk about the game itself for a little bit because um, I think I think I think James Franklin comes off really soft in terms of the philosophy that he was setting right before half to be in the red zone. And on third and six to run it instead of trying to get the first down, instead of trying to score and go win the game to run it to make it 10 to six. At that point, you knew Penn State was done. Uh, there's no killer instinct. There's no aggression. It was, that was some pussy shit. Um, I also think there were some massive swings in this game, right? We talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. Again, I think he said a, a, he said a career high for catches, but probably his biggest play of the game wasn't a catch. It was drawing that holding penalty mm-hmm. when, you know, Penn State could not score. They get a big sack, force fumble, scoop and score, just an awesome defensive play. But, but Harrison had drawn the holding right before. And then, and then in terms of like having opportunity, the sequence of events late blew my mind where Ohio State gets down to the goal line. Looks like they're about to go up 11, which at that point might as well have been a million, right? Penn mm-hmm. State comes up with a huge fourth down stop. Offense goes out. What do they do? Three and out. Well, shit. They punt it. Ohio State fumbles the punt. Penn State gets the ball back at midfield. Still can't do anything with it. So just a complete failure offensively for the offense that was leading the Big Ten in points and a validation of everything Aaron's been telling you for weeks now. This is a paper tiger or – paper lion in this case mm-hmm. uh their their offense very well represented by their emaciated flaccid lion mascot that they love so much like that, that that basically was the penn state offense uh yeah. just but I, I would be i would be furious though if i was a fan with that right before half play call like it just so yeah, fucking soft dude I no aggression no killer instinct well it's no trust i think you can say no all trust. you want about it, it you you have to understand who your playmakers are um, and, and where the strength of your team is. It's still a team for, for for Penn State. Your only two offensive weapons are your running backs, Singleton and, and, and Allen. Like, that's all you got. It's been like yeah, that all yeah, year. But, so, but like, you were never, in critical situations, so like you, early on, you weren't going to win in that way. And so you had to be willing to try different things. And they were not. They just thought they were going to stick with it. Third and six. I, but, once again, like. I know it, and, and and I'm an outsider, and I know it. And I think Franklin has a better pulse of his team than I do and knows the identity of his offense. They don't have the guys that can one-on-one. So like yeah. red zone situations are about less schematics, more players. How can I get my best players in a situation where maybe they can execute? I don't trust my quarterback. I don't trust my receivers. So why in a red zone situation am I going to put the put the game in their hands? Yeah. At least maybe my running backs can make a guy miss. Even if things aren't going well, they're still my best playmakers on offense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, so Ohio State wins the first big one, the first the first battle of the triumvirate of the Big Ten. Uh, and then final thought, just real quick here, uh, to me, the real winner felt like Michigan mm-hmm. because J.J. McCarthy clearly is leaps and bounds ahead of McCord and ahead of Aller. Tenor, man. And it feels like, you know, Michigan should win the Big Ten again. Uh, 
<laughs> Speaking of red zone, uh, Tennessee mm. struggled in the red zone early on. Uh, found a little bit of success there, uh, but ends up costing them as Tennessee goes into Tuscaloosa. They're up twenty to seven at half. I mean, remember the whole the whole deal was, um, you know, can the explosively can the explosivity of Milrow overcome the uh, advantage that Tennessee has in the trenches? Which I think is actually like after watching this game, Aaron, I think we nailed it in terms of the dynamics because that was the push pull first half. Tennessee's dominance in the trenches was winning the game. They're shutting mm-hmm. down offensively. They're able to move the ball offensively. Second half, it's exactly what we said. The explosivity of Alabama ends up taking over and it outshines whatever. I mean, it's exact like they were beating them like Texas was beating them, only they didn't have the big playability to bury them like mm-hmm. Texas did. Well, and then, then the inability to to score in the red zone. I mean, it could have easily been twenty one nothing at one point there in the first quarter. And maybe not the second drive. You know, there were some tight windows, but the third drive where the the Joe Milton sails it over the tight end's head, who is wide yeah. open on the corner oh. route. Like that's a touchdown that you kind of you're you're, you're staying up at night. I mean, there there were so many mistakes, and I I want to give credit to Alabama, man. Like uh, this is a team that you kind of. I kind of like in the sense of like their personality of who they are, what their identity is, because they're not these killers. Like it's hard to just hate Alabama this year because they're just, a, they are a fun team to watch because every game's exciting. And and you watch Nick Saban in the post game interview with, with Jenny Dell and you know, he's laughing and smiling and talking about chewing on a cigar. And then you go to Jalen Milrow in the interview and you know, I haven't, I haven't been around Jalen, and I've seen a couple interviews, but man, it's hard not to like that young yeah, man. Yeah, he was and having fun everyone, in that post game yesterday. Yeah. You could tell. And he everyone was I've talked up. to too, like I talked to Dusty Dvorak last week, who had their game previously, and he's like, "Man, we sat down with Jalen, and that is one impressive young man. Good dude. Hard not to cheer for him." So, like, this is a team. Like, I'm not saying I'm rooting for Alabama, Fuck but they you, are dude. a lot. They are crazy, they are man. a lot more likable this year. Yeah. Okay. 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 You're right. They're likable because they're human. They're but let, let's not lose sight of the fact that at the end of the day, it's 90% four and five stars. Yeah. This is not plucky little Alabama. What they are, they are, it's very appropriate for this month of October, this it's Halloween very season. Human, they are very human. Very in human. some ways, in other ways, they are the bad guy from the scary movie. They are Michael Myers, they are Jason, and that you have to fucking kill them. And you have to make sure that they're dead because they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, like every like whether it's um Ole Miss, AM, or Tennessee, every single time we've seen the first half hole get deeper. Only for Alabama to come out in the second mm. half and just look like a completely oh, different team. I know. We're, we're not even talking. It's crazy because, like, we're not even talking about just playing better the second half. We're talking about just, like, going from kind of sucking to complete dominance. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, what they did to Tennessee in that second, after going down 27, the flow of that first half to come out and end the game like they did yesterday, uh, it's – I mean, I don't know. Halftime adjustments are like kind of real, and and speeches and everything, or you know, but like it normally doesn't do that. Mm-mm. So I, I I I said this on Rivals the other day. I feel like um, the Jalen Milrow makeup sex is undefeated. Like he's he, he he's going to cause you to get a little frustrated. You may pull your hair out. You may get a little upset. But a man's going to make you forget about it all by the end. 
mm-hmm. and you're just going to be sitting back smoking a cigarette or in this case, a cigar. And just uh, like, what was I what? mad at him for? I don't remember anymore. Yeah. I, he, listen, he, he was, he showed me some stuff this weekend, uh, throwing the football, some of the stuff over the middle. Definitely, you saw late in the game, I think it was like third, fourth quarter, a couple of balls sailed on him to receivers, but there are baby steps moving in the right direction, especially taking care of the football. The one interception, you gave your guy a 50 50 shot in the back of the end zone. It was a, a great play. defensive, a play, defensive play. play, great defensive play. Like, I, I'm not even really mad at him for that. To me, where the game changed really was obviously the first possession of the, of the second half, like being able to go down there and score in two plays. Explosivity. Explosivity. Everything we talk about all yeah. year. People always laugh at me, but the, the, the most dangerous lead in, in football is up two touchdowns. I mean, 13 points, 14 points. Those 13 Wait, points. are you, you know that that's like a soccer thing as well, right? People say the most dangerous lead in soccer yeah. is 2-0? Two, two yes. Okay. Because – yeah. because as soon as the other team, you're feeling good until the other team scores and then you get into oh shit mode. Yeah, true. Because you're like, oh God, we feel like we had control of this football game. We've been dominating. We're up. We scored before halftime. You know, we just got 30 minutes to play and we're up two scores. Like, it's our game, damn it. And our defense is kicking butt. And all of a sudden they score and you start looking around like, oh damn, like if if we give them the ball back, they could score or take the lead all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, you start thinking about that it's 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 human nature you're you're high you're high you're high you're high and then bam in in two seconds or for for this case two plays tennessee gets knocked down to reality of we're That's on the true. road it was such a shitty and, feeling for oh tennessee. damn like they're about to they, they, they could win they could take the lead in in two plays all of a sudden so the hundred thousand um, of bryant denny come alive yeah. at that point like you just have like and it's a pent-up it's a pent-up energy that the crowd mm-hmm. releases at that point because the whole First half has just been anger and frustration, and everybody's bitching in line where they're going to get their hot dogs and their uh, their, their fucking senatorial. So, so, so that's that they one. Have. So so that that was one, and then two, the, the ability to run the ball in the second half. I thought for for Alabama, and and don't so if you missed the game, you know go back and rewatch it. Obviously, but you look at Jalen Milrow's stat line: nine nine carries for three yards. You have to remember Sacks sack yards go against the quarterback or go against rushing yards, which is just idiotic. He ran the ball a little bit more there in the second half, and and that's a part of the game that he's going to need to do more, especially versus LSU here in a couple of weeks. I thought that opened up the game a little bit. Obviously, McClellan had a good game over 100 yards. Like that's what Alabama needs to do: take care of the football, run it, get Jalen's legs involved, hit a couple of explosive uh, explosives. Uh, Jermaine Byrne has been just besides stomping on people, has been absolutely dominant here the past few weeks. People got mad about him kicking that dude in the end zone. I don't know, dude. I kind of liked it, but whatever. <laughs> I think y'all are all bitches. What, you didn't like it? Fuck that dude. That dude's trying his, to guard it's his you. Personality, man. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a little bit dude. of a punk. He's a little bit of a uh, punk. I know. That seems to be what my Alabama friends were saying as well, is how, is how they feel about him. I, hey, Jermaine yeah. Burton, I got your fucking back, dude. Fuck that dude. That he's trying to guard you. You score a big touchdown. I kick his ass, too. Big win. Um, it's a massive win, man. It's a big win, and uh, ooh, LSU Alabama's coming down those mm. tracks once again. Mm. Here we go. We arrive at the battle uh, that I hope when we go to nine SEC games that they keep alive year to year, but we'll see if they do. Um, scary day for the Big 12 yesterday, Aaron Murray. Uh, as the two heavyweights, both Texas and OU, got all they wanted. Mm-hmm. A uh, questionable spot, 
at the end of the Texas game, kills a late drive from Houston to it was 24-24. Texas makes 31-24. And then Houston, I mean, this is really bad on Texas defense to me. Uh mm-hmm. Houston with like when they like when it was 31-24, I'm like, okay, okay, Texas survived, like that's it. But no, Houston goes all the way down easily. In the text in the Longhorns, uh, you know, in the red zone, right there, they get a bad spot. They end up not getting the four, the one game over, and then Oklahoma, in similar fashion, goes up eight late, and you're kind of like, ah, okay, okay, you know, Oklahoma, wow, this is crazy, but you know, okay, they they survive, they're good, but no, they allow UCF to go march mm-hmm. right down and score a touchdown, and they're a two point conversion away. Mm-hmm. So look, but like I said, I'm not. I'm not going to be one of the people that takes any. Now we'll probably ding them in our snaps top ten, but you know that's what we're. It just makes sense. But, but I'm not someone who's going to be overly critical of this, um, yep. simply because again, it is survive in advance time. All that matters is winning. They found ways to do so. We know how good these teams can be at their peak, and this is just a day where they didn't have it, but they yep. found a way to win anyway. No, 100%. They found a way to win. I mean, a little bit concerned with Texas defensively. And, and listen, Texas's strength is the front seven. Like, we knew that there's some vulnerability on the back end. Oklahoma showed that to us a couple weeks ago. And, you know, Donovan Smith, besides that last pass, like, yeah, the, 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 the spot was very iffy, no doubt about it. But still, it's a rollout, and the guy's wide open the flat, and you throw it pretty much in the dirt behind him. I mean, that should have been a catch completion, and Houston had a, a chance to put that yeah. game in overtime. It would have been interesting to see if they scored a touchdown, if they even went for two, and yeah. just said, you know what, screw it. Let's just go for the win. So, like, they didn't make the plays down the stretch. They didn't make the play there to win to, to put the, the game in a situation to possibly win. Texas found a way. Uh, obviously, the big news is going to be Quinn Ewers. You know, he, he third and long situation. He tried to take on a defender. Uh, lowered his left shoulder, got knocked out for the remainder of the game. Malik Murphy comes in. So, like, you know, I'm sure we'll hear at some point today, we're, we're filming this early Sunday morning, you know, today or tomorrow, like what the extent of that injury is for him. But, you know, defensively, this is a team that he did that, that has he to be better on defense. He did in a sling at the end yes. of the game uh, yeah. for whatever that's worth. Not a, I don't think it's like a, he's called it a shoulder injury. So, not like a broken collarbone or so anything. left Oof. at least. So left yeah. at least. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So we will uh we will see. But Sorry, their schedule lines up nicely. I mean, BYU, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. But I mean, if if he's out, it, it I know a lot of people well, are again, excited about Malik Murphy this offseason. You say lines up nicely, right? But this is what gets to has gotten Texas oh, yeah. into trouble in the past. But is the games like this game. also got Texas in trouble in the past. Yes. Like they're 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 actually winning them. I mean, true between true. between Wyoming to 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 this game, there have been a couple instances where it's like, okay, like if this was old Texas, they would have found a way to lose that game. Yeah. New true. Texas, even without your starting quarterback, you found ways to still win the game in the fourth quarter. Like that's a difference for me. Um, I did not get to watch the Oklahoma UCF game as much as I wanted to. I'm going to go back and watch it, obviously, before this week of shows. But um, did you did you get did you get like big eyeballs on it? Like I saw the end sequences right, and and I saw Oklahoma score to go up, and then UCF do score to go up. But I don't. I, I can't really speak to the game flow in terms of how that was so close. No, we can hit on that a little bit tomorrow. That was during yeah. my game, and I was mostly oh, trying right. to watch Ohio State Penn State. 
Well, I was calling as, as Aaron's calling an actual game, uh, would shout out Memphis getting it done, uh, get it done and beating the hell out of the I can, I can watch one game as I'm calling my game, not two. So that crazy. would be That's major so malpractice. <laughs> um, USC, you know, the song remains the same for the Trojans. I mean, what Alex Grinch is doing at this point is malpractice. Uh, that is a Utah offense that was shit. That is shit without Cam Rising and has been shit all year long. And yet, wouldn't you know, they square up against USC, they bloody him up, punch him in the mouth, and they once again beat the Trojans. Is Caleb Williams now 0-3 against 0 Utah and USC? 0-3. for 3 they, no say touchdowns hard, last night. They, say, they say it's hard to beat a good team twice. What about a good team thrice? Because that's exactly what Utah's done. Dude, they gave up 247 yards rushing. Bryson Barnes threw for 235 yards and three touchdowns. Bryson Barnes. Dude, repeat it. Bryson Barnes. Bryson Barnes. I'm about, I'm about to look up a Bryson Barnes uh, game log here to really reinforce how bad that is on that on that USC's defense uh, uh, defensive front. That's insane. I'll tell you. I mean, he was okay, here we go, here we go, here 159, go. 6 of 19 versus Baylor, 71, 5 of 8, 40 <laughs> yards versus Oregon State, 15, 21, 128 versus Cal. And then versus no USC. touchdowns in any yeah. of those games. No, except no one for touchdown. For he had one. Yeah, yeah he had the, but, but it was the first play. They remember it was yeah. the first play of the season. Yeah. So he and didn't have a C. He had the, the touchdown USC. the first play of the season, then a single touchdown until SC. Yeah, and then then, then this past game, yeah, you know, throws for two hundred and thirty five yards and three touchdowns and ten and then, yards. And it had the massive run and had the massive run there uh, in in the in the fourth quarter to get them into field goal range. To end up winning the football game, ten Just, yards oof. per attempt. Aaron, he mm. his other YPAs 10.2. How the fuck is USC this bad defensively? Like, like when you have such a clear deficiency, and you have an entire offseason to work at it, and it is the era of the transfer portal, and you have all this stuff. How are you not better? It, well, they got it, the transfers. They no, I got know. Them. That's what I'm saying. No, I know like it's Alex Grinch. I know it's yeah. What I'm saying is like, we why I I am someone who defends Lincoln Riley a lot as being an elite coach, and I'm not so sure that I can call you that anymore when you had such a clear area where you needed to get better, and you're still shit. Yeah, like I and, and this is a little local because I cover LSU in so much depth, but like Jaden Daniels. He had such a clear area where he needed to improve after last season, right? They weren't explosive. He wasn't pushing the ball downfield. Mm -hmm. It was all too underneath. He was too conservative. And Brian Kelly said this week that Jaden Daniels, they had to change the rules because he would be in the in the building at like 5 a.m. to like 8 p.m. He's constantly watching film. There's a six-month plan developed to help work. Like he did the work and now look at him. Like, he had a clear area to prove. Now look at what he's doing. USC had such a highlighted, if you can fix this, you can be a championship-caliber team, and they didn't do shit. No. They still no. are all. Well, they tried. I mean, listen, they, they they brought in the personnel. Like, there's there's no doubt in my mind the personnel from last year to this year is better. So what does it come down to? It comes down to coaching. It comes down to putting those guys in the right situation yeah. to go out there and play fast. Like, but but of, of, of being able to teach your scheme – in a way that those guys can go out there and execute at a high level. And that has just not been done. Like you have to look at, at the root of the cause. And right now it's coaching. 
no doubt about it. Like, like I don't know if he survives the rest of the season, but if if you bring back Alex Grinch next year, no, that ain't happen. There's no way. It can't happen. It, no it's way. done. This to me, this was the final straw to let a Utah team <laughs> with their backup quarterback, an offense that has been by the way announced announced that Cam Rising not going to play this season as well, which we kind of intimated this week yeah. on snaps. G- give him, give him the essentially redshirt year and medical redshirt year. Bring him back next year. Man, I, I love Kyle Winningham though. He just yeah. Looks, let's talk about Utah. every time Fuck I see USC. him. Talk about Utah. every time I see him. I'm just like that's a, that's a football coach. Like that's yeah. a football dude right there. And like we just, I, it's, I think it's me too. Honestly, like I look at Utah and I don't see big brand of of the Washingtons and the Oregons and the USC's and the UCLA's of the world. I'm just like, yeah, it's just Utah. It's just Utah. Only the back to back Pac-12 championship team. They're six and one. They play great defense. They're physical. They 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 play football the right way. Yeah. And and they found they found a way to get to six and one in a very good conference with backup quarterback play. Uh yeah. so it's it's man, he's and playing Give Florida that dude a race. To start Hell of a coach. And so I still don't think Utah is gonna win the Pac 12. Uh, but you know, they control their own destiny. Yeah. They're still right there. They're not eliminated from anything. Uh, they the Oregon State lost Oregon. Hurts, but yeah, they got Oregon, Arizona State, they got Washington, Arizona, Colorado. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll win all those games. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Oregon, Washington's big if there. But but still, whatever. Kyle Winham's a beast. What he's created at Utah. And it's not just not having Cam Rising. Um, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I, I think they were down 16 players in the two deep. Mm-hmm. 16? Guys, there's only 22 starters in football. <laughs> and and yet they've built such a culture there and they're still winning. Um, we do have to go here in a minute, but uh real, real quick, uh UNC, man. UNC. Mm. This is what we talk about survive in advance. It's college football. You have a one in five Virginia team that's been hapless. You're undefeated. You got a ton of big wins. You've been dominant in those wins as well, like yep. covering spreads, everything else. You're at home. Who the fuck saw this coming? And, and it ends up being a very heartwarming story. Michael Hollins is surviving the awful tragedy that claimed the lives of some of his teammates. He comes back and he scores three touchdowns for Virginia. I love this game in a lot of ways because it's it does prove that like you always got to come correct in college football because you're mm-hmm. only one sleepwalk away from losing. But what's crazy to me from a game flow standpoint, Aaron, like it wasn't fluky from Virginia. They didn't race out to a big lead and have to like hold on or anything like uh, UNC had multiple moments in that game where, like, when they go up 10 to start the second half, like, okay, here's where they pull away. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's where the feel-good story comes to an end. And, no, Virginia just did the work, kept yep. chipping away, kept beating ass, and they end up with a massive win. I think it's their first top 10 win since, like, 2005. My biggest takeaway, and we touched on this a little bit last week, was the fact that Drake May has not been Drake May of last year. And you can you can make the excuses of you know he lost some guys personnel wise and and, and guys. Do you think it's on. Longo though? Do you think it's do you think he's missing Longo? Yeah, he's missing Longo a little bit, but like his numbers have not been the same. And he's had a couple good games here there. Like I'm not saying like the entire year has been a complete wash for Drake May. Like there have been moments where you're like, okay, there there's the Drake May that we saw from last year. There's the guy that's a top five pick of the NFL draft. But then there's games like yesterday where he's just inaccurate with the football indecisive yeah. a little late and so i think you can throw all that into i still think he's a first round talent no doubt about it 
but it's just well, he definitely that. I mean, he's huge, has a rocket arm, like and can run, like he's he's that for sure. He's, no, he's, he's not nowhere near playing his way. I know neither is Caleb Williams right now. Yeah. It's, it's weird. We see Michael Penix both of them shut come out back? yesterday. For, for such a great uh, draft class, do all the quarterbacks decide to come back for another year? It doesn't look like Caleb Williams <laughs> is enjoying USC too much right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that man is ready to go apply his trade yeah, in the NFL. Right. And I'm sure Drake May is as well. But um, yeah, I, I don't it, know. all of a sudden, though, I, I I was sitting down watching. He's crazy. I'm watching a damn game on on the CW. But we were we were one Florida State loss away from the ACC, who we've been praising this year. Yeah, from from almost being out of it. We need to talk Florida State tomorrow because they deserve to be talked about. So does Duke. That was a great game. That was a tough, awesome game. game. Awesome, awesome game. game. And a lot of great plays from both sides. Like those are two damn good football teams. Uh, and 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 I hate to do this for Duke fans, but like, if Texas A and M doesn't find a way to hire Mike Elko, what the fuck are we even doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they doing, dude? Like, like, like. And I feel bad. I hate playing the game of like, as soon as a small school coach does well, then we're like, ooh, where can he go and pluck him away? But like. He has the relationship. Mm-hmm. He's he, it just makes too much. He's sense. had success at AM as a DC. Yes. Like I, I, yes. I get it's just a it's a it's a big number for AM overall. But I like I mean, I'm with you. Like if they won that game last night, I was I was tweeting that like you may see Jimbo get fired tomorrow and <laughs> contract you know offer if he would have won that game. Like I think that if he won that game, that was that would have been yeah. a talk today. Also, it's funny that we arrive here at a point where we're not even talking Clemson-Miami, right? Clemson-Miami goes to overtime, big battle, Mm -hmm. and apparently a bit of a disaster for Clemson on that final play. Aaron, um, apparently it wasn't an RPO. Kate Klubnick just pulled it Mm because he felt like it. And 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 the running back mm-hmm. would have walked in, but it was it should have walked, but it wasn't an RPO. He's made Dabba, some questionable calls. He Dabba didn't get Florida State in overtime. Uh, Dabba was very clear after the game that it was just Klubnik going rogue. I mean, F- Florida State, man, it's third and short in overtime, and I'll just run the football and 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 pulls it, throws it, incompletion, incompletion, yeah. they lose. Dabo also had a questionable joke about his team sports psychologist yeah. being on suicide watch, which I'm like, Ooh, yeah, bro, you gotta, uh, you gotta read the room a little bit. That doesn't really play anymore. Uh, if it, if it ever did, but, but that's kind of indicative of Miami, Dabo. Miami with Fall a backup Empire quarterback stuck in the past backup quarterback for Miami wins five and two Clemson four and three. It's over 2015 through 2020. Clemson was awesome. But it is so clearly over. And you got Dabo being snippy out here like, we need to lighten the bandwagon a little bit. All right. Cool, man. Is this a Fuck six it. and six football team? Anymore. Six and six football team? Uh, can I once again commend wow. Aaron Murray? Uh, because yeah, he told you. you, he told you which top 10 team was most likely to fall in the top 10. He said Clemson. All you Clemson fans got very upset with him mm-hmm. and were in his mentions constantly. And I'll be damned if my boy wasn't spot on. I mean, I'll take those apologies whenever you want, Clemson fans. It would be nice because I have LSU fans up my ass because Washington had a bad day off. Oh my God. I'm so sick. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning and because I didn't watch the Washington game. I'm just like, why do I've got a million notifications? Like, I I was on my phone till probably, like, I was on my phone till midnight. So I went to bed. Like, I'm tweeting up during the games. 
So like all the games in my mind were over. I wasn't going to watch that one. So I wasn't expecting like mentions when I woke up in the morning. Yeah. And I wake up. I was like, what the hell are all these mentions? And I'm like, LSU, LSU, LSU. Me I'm too, like, dude. I'm getting I'm it like, too. Oh my God. Um, People just don't understand what I was trying to say, but whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, I still love, look survive in advance. Washington yeah. did. Mm-hmm. USC did not. Um, UNC did not. Texas, Oklahoma did. Alabama did. Ohio State did. Penn State did not. Penn State. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Weird place to be if you're Penn State. We talk about purgatory, like, because they're really mm-hmm. good. They're just not good enough. Mm-mm. It's awful. It's like a relationship where you know you should be happy, but you're just not. Mm-hmm. And what do you do there? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Uh, well, that'll do it for today's snaps. Uh, as always, we are live on YouTube during the week again now. Very excited for that. YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. Please, please, please smash the like button, subscribe, help us, uh, you know, continue to grow this show. We love you all so much. Aaron, I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Um, you. thank you. Thank you. And, um, yeah, we love you and we'll see you. Uh, and shout out our boy CT Chris Tran for waking up with us. I mean, Brum's on paternity leave. Uh, you got PG in like Puerto Rico just hanging out. There's only one man who, who is still working, and that's our boy CT. So thank you for waking up with us here this Sunday. And we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Sense. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.